Hey, this is Naya Vanterpool, and I proudly serve as a board member with the St. Luke's Youth Center. We go by Slick. We're a nonprofit dedicated to providing critical resources, life enriching experiences, and a safety net of support to families in West Baltimore. The Words From Within podcast is part of the Poetry of Survival fundraising project. We are raising funds to transform the historic St. Luke's Episcopal Church into the Slick Center for Youth Empowerment. For more information on how you can support building community arts and entrepreneurship in West Baltimore, visit our website at wordsfromwithin.net. Stay inspired. Hello, my friend. It's Gail, the slam poet, back here with you. And happy to be back here with you for Words From Within a poetry podcast that um, examines the lives and the and the love of uh, four families out of West Baltimore. So I had the privilege to lead my little family, Jayshawn and Phyllis, through a poetry workshop. And the way that I've been doing these podcast so far is that I've been introducing them. So I narrate and I introduce. Well, since this is my particular episode, I thought I could get a little more creative with you and allow our esteemed producer, Walker Vreeland, to join me in kind of talking about, kind of introducing the Gale episode. So Walker, would you please go ahead and do us the honor of saying hey and introducing your your handsome self. Oh, hi, Gail. It's so nice to be here. And it's been such an incredible experience to work on these episodes and these stories, especially this one. My goodness. It's mm-hmm. like almost like the culmination of, well, it is. I mean, it's the last episode that we have, at least for a while. There may be more, but there were so many moments that I thought were just so beautiful, so like real. Yeah, like what, like like Walker. When you think back on the episode, what's your overall takeaway? You know, I think my most powerful impression about this episode was the way that you and Phyllis and Jay Sean connected over loss. You know, I think this episode is just as much about you as it is about them. Mm. You know, we all have different ways of coping with loss. You know, for instance, as you'll hear in this episode, Phyllis goes to the casino. Um, (laughs) You write poems. Um, But we all have loss and we all look for ways to grieve. You know, you know, Walker, for me, it has made me so tender it has just like carved a hole through my body. And I mean, I kind of like it. It's a place from which I can write, you know, from a real place of, of honesty. And it's a place from which I can share. You know, I can hear someone else talk about losing someone special and I can be there. I don't turn away anymore. And I and I think that what happened between us was my loss met her loss and, you know, and we kind of danced it out together. Mm-hmm. 
you know, losing my moms and my dads. And now when I go to Atlanta, I don't know whose house to go to. Like I feel very homeless when I go home and that's my home. You know, I can go stay with my cousins or my sorority sisters, but my mamas, they were my home. Yes. And, you know, I got my boys, you know, and I got my husband, but that's, that's home number two. That's a home I made. The the home you have now doesn't discount the the loss of your first home. And I sometimes imagine what that's going to be like. And I have a really hard time painting that scenario in my in my mind because I know it's going to hurt. I know how badly it's going to hurt. It's like you go back to the place where there was so much life and now it's all kind of ghosts. And And also, assuming you moved away from home, then you spend a good portion of your life going back home to see where you came from and the people from whence you came. Yeah. And so when you cannot do that any longer, you feel that 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 void in you. Yep. And that's kind of where you grow up. That's when you grow up to me. You know, yeah. I've heard a lot of girlfriends say they grew up when they became mothers. Yeah, that's just part one. <laughs> you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. I mean, for me, part two was losing my mama because that's yes. where the, the rubber hits the road. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had an experience listening to where Phyllis and Jay Sean are talking about what slick means to them mm-hmm. and what it means to them to live in Baltimore, to live on the west side of Baltimore. You say in the episode that America is not and has never been a safe place for black men and boys. And I was reminded of that. And then I realized the fact that I had to be reminded of that uh, showed my privilege. The fact that I have to be reminded of that reality means I can forget the only reason I can forget is because I'm privileged enough to be able to as a white man. So it, it, it really made me step back and say, wow. You know, and I grew up in Baltimore, too, in a, in a very different Baltimore. But it was one of those moments for me where I stepped back and I said, wow, to recognize each other's humanity. I may not ever fully understand someone else's experience, but it's my responsibility to try and to see my blind spots. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, and this is a rather personal question, and so we can certainly step over it and keep going. But I'm wondering, Walker, for you as a proud gay man, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think you keep any secrets around that. I mean, at one point I thought you and me, you know, might go on a date or two, but then, you know, I, I, you know, (laughs) back back away from that. (laughs) 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 But, but I mean, you feel safe? Safe in what context? Period. I mean, when you go out with your with your partner and you hold his hand, you feel safe. It depends where. Um, It depends where. And, you know, as you know, I've just made the move from New York City to Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Very different place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm still sort of feeling it out. Mm -hmm. Where Mm -hmm. what neighborhoods is it okay to be myself? Mm. I don't know yet. Welcome to the club. 
right. <laughs> you know, you we have a thing in the African-American family called the Green Book, you know, and it yeah. tells you where to go when you're on the road. Yeah. Is there a green book? I mean, not to get too far away from the podcast, but is there a green book in your community? I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, basically New York and L.A., Chicago, big cities usually are. And obviously there's a thriving gay community here in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you never know. You're sort of always because you don't know. It's an interesting way to go through life. But it is a way that I can connect to other minority groups then because there's there is that there is that shared experience of not knowing where and when you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay, so let's let's swing it back around to this episode, which you you know, you're such a, a pro at the production. You just make us all sound so good, Walker. Oh. Well, it's not hard because this was there was just so much wonderful, rich material to piece together. One of the things that occurred to me as I listened back to it was she got her son, her big, you know, almost six feet tall son to come and surrender to poetry. And, and I, you know, full disclosure, right, I had worked with with him before. But still, I could go to my son's rooms right now and say, I'll give you both $100 if you come and sit with me at the living room table and write a poem. And they'd be like, you know, you have lost your mind, you know? It's pretty incredible. It is incredible. That he had the openness to sit down and, and do this, to go on this journey. That says a lot right there. Yep. That says a lot about him, and it says a lot about Phyllis as well. Yep. Well, this has been a joy, and I know that those who are listening, whether they're listening this weekend over the holidays or at, at some other time, they're going to mm-hmm. get a lot of uh, a, a lot out of this, a lot of soul food from this episode. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Walker, what is soul food to you? This work that I do. Oh, the work. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Like some some greens. <laughs> and oh, well. some black eyed peas. I do love that too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I thought you meant metaphorically. <laughs> and metaphorically, this is my soul food. No, sometimes I put my poet hat away. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, Walker. Thank you. Love you, Gail. Phyllis. Hello. He's telling me to move over already. Yeah, so I can see. I want to see everybody looking pretty. My name is Gail Danley, and I'm a slam poet. When I listened back to the session I had with Phyllis and Jayshawn, the word gratitude keeps pulsing through me. I was grateful that they trusted me, though Full disclosure, we weren't meeting for the first time. I'd worked with Jay Sean for a couple of summers at a summer program that Slick 
does every summer. And as part of one of the culminating events, his mom and dad showed up. That was a blessing for him to be able to appreciate something like that. That was the whole moment of the whole camp. Wasn't, that was the moment. Jason, tell me about what that moment was like for you when you wrote that poem and then mama and daddy were there to hug you. It was special because I actually got to write something and let everybody hear what I wrote. Because normally people just know me for being funny, but like I actually got to show that I'm doing something other than that. And like, Do you I actually, remember what that poem was about? My mom and like how she took care of me, the love that she got for me. I'm over here smiling. <laughs> so the three of us were just able to kind of slide back into the relationship where we had left it off um, last summer. So I was so grateful that we were able to find some common ground. I was grateful that we connected. I mean, I'm a mother. I'm a black woman. I've known loss. But most of all, I'm grateful that I found family in them. And what's you and Jay Sean's relationship? Mother and son. Got it, baby. Yeah, she gave me so much love. I, it makes me feel so special. And I have three of my own and seven grandchildren. One great grand. Well, I ain't going to put that great grand. I got too much love for that great grandchild. <laughs> son is one of the, they say, more love than my own children. And actually reminding me of my own situation, being adopted by a woman, by my aunt. Well, not really formally adopted, but, you know, like in the Black community, we have a lot of, you know, she raised them and 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 they're her sister's children. And, you know, there was no formal adoption process. But, you know, in my own situation, my real mother didn't raise me. I was raised by my aunt and uncle. So I understand that love that somebody can have for you that goes beyond any other love that you've ever had. I understand that kind of love. I was raised by my Aunt Laverne, and I never really knew why. So a lot of my poetry has been about trying to understand that, trying to forgive my mother for that choice that she made. And trying to now really grasp it now that I'm a mother. Like, you know, that's not something that I don't think I would ever do. But different situation, different woman, different time, different condition. So I really try not to judge that. But it's so wonderful, the sense that I got that with Jay Sean, Phyllis is his mother, you know, for all intents and purposes. And I didn't get this feeling that he was questioning at any point, like, why didn't my real mother raise me? Like Phyllis has filled him up so completely with her love that it leaves no space for him to wonder. Let's write a little bit about love. Let's do this. Go to the top of that clean sheet of paper you got, right? And just write the word love. That's all. Just write the word love. I'm going to do it too. Okay. Okay. I want you to just write about what love means to you. When you say, I love you, Jay Sean, what does that mean? When you say, I love you, mama, what do you mean when you say that? So you just write anything that comes to your head. You just writing it on the pad. Oh, okay, I'm going to be quiet. Y'all already got started. Go ahead. I'm going to write too. 
about making this perfect. It's perfect because it's coming from you. Sometimes writing can make you feel better than you felt when you got started. Just Sean, you okay with sharing that with us? Love is a form of affection towards anybody. Love is only for certain people, very close people. Love is just not a word, it's an action. Love can be shown, not just told. You can love anything, but it's what you love that matters. I love my family, just how my mother loves the soft voice of Marvin Gaye playing on a Sunday morning. Now that's love. That's it. Somebody need to clap. Somebody needs to clap. Yeah. Love can make you feel happy. Make when someone say they love you and joyful of your life, make you feel like you need it. I love my gospel music on Sunday mornings. <laughs> I ain't think about Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Just knowing that someone can say that they love, you know, when someone say they love you, that gives you a very special feeling. When they talked about what St. Luke's means to them, that was the part of our session where I really, really felt connected to Phyllis. I've been going to Slicks for like a couple years now. And it's like somewhere to go when I'm not home. Like I can have fun there with friends, you know, play basketball. And I don't got to worry about, you know, going somewhere far and being in a dangerous area. Because like I know everybody that go to Slick and it just feel like family. No arguing or disagreement. Everybody gets along and help out with each other, help the children out. It's not one person, you know, like you just got this one child you have to look at. It look like everybody just joining together, regardless who child is who. Like I said, it's one big happy family. That's the way the neighborhood is anyway. It's one big community. What do you think Sean would be doing if there was no slick? Well, me, myself, I'd be worried where, where he would be at. The street is so ratchet nowadays. You know, you can be walking down the street and something can happen. Or So he don't understand that. And my grandchildren don't understand that. But I'd be worried where they at. But if they was around the church that's slick, I know where they was at. And, you know, knowing that they're in good hands. I have two sons, Noah and Nolan. And I worry about them, too when they're not with me. I mean, America's always been a very unsafe place for black men. And, you know, I want my boys to feel just as safe as my white girlfriend's sons do. But the reality is that my girlfriend's sons and my sons live in a different America. And it's my responsibility to let them know that and to, and to keep them as safe as, as I can, right? To arm them <laughs> so that when they go outside, I know they're coming back home to me. So when Phyllis talked about, you know, and she kind of scolded Jay Sean a little bit, you know, cause he's feeling like the tough guy. That's what he be telling me now. He said, mom, I'm taller than you now. 
Yeah. You used to be real small. Uh, you done gained some weight now. You got some meat on your bones. He's almost six feet. You know, it's like, well, yeah, but those guns, they strike down little black boys and, and, and big ones too. Big ones too. And so I really, really, really related to Phyllis Fear and to her um, hopes and dreams for her son. I thought that we could do some writing today about, I think, everybody's favorite subject or one of them, and that's Baltimore. Okay. Yes, yes. I lived up there for 10 years, and I, I miss it every day. Let's make it even smaller than my Baltimore. Let's put my west side. My west side. How do you feel about where you live? My west side is a wicked west side. A west side where you can get robbed in broad daylight. I love my west side. I only love it because it's the place where I can just go to the corner store and get snacks. My west side is where I learn my do's and do nots. My west side is the zone 23. My family run the zone 23. My brothers and cousins got this place locked down. But now they're gonna give it to me. So now this is really my west side. You said now they gonna give it to you. Can I ask you a question, Jay Sean? What does that mean to you? I mean, I mean, like inside your heart, when you think about the West Side really belonging to you, what's that mean to you? Well, that means I gotta look out for everybody that's around here. They're getting older and I'm getting older, so I gotta look out for everybody that's around here. You know, everybody know each other, but you know, I'm just younger and I'm coming up. So it's like, I gotta hold on to the responsibility that they had when they was coming up. Does that also mean you have to be careful? Yes. How? Because, you know, it's, everything is not, like, okay around here. You know, it's still dangerous stuff that goes on. So, like, I got to be careful, like, what I do, wherever I go. So, you know, I just got to watch my surroundings. I watch who I be with at all times. So when he talked about Baltimore, I was inside of myself uttering little prayers for Jay Sean. I was like, oh God, please, God, God, please, God, please, 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 please keep him safe. Like when he talked about how Baltimore belongs to him and I was thinking, mm -mm, no, it doesn't. Baltimore is like Philly. Baltimore is like Detroit. Those cities do not belong to us. Those cities have big teeth. And they will chew you up, baby, and not even pause to spit you out. Please do not take ownership in those mean places, right? And I was just, I was just kind of, I was listening out of one ear, but then the other ear was like in church somewhere, <laughs> kneeling. Miss Phyllis, do you spend a lot of time praying for Jay Sean? Yes, I do, because he don't understand, like he like to go three and four blocks away on um, to go to the store and don't let me know or go play basketball. He go four and five blocks away. So, yes, I, I did. Baltimore is nothing like it was when I was coming up, okay? 
in my block, we like one, we look out for one another one. They try to keep the, the unwanted, I'm going to say the unwanted people out the block. Mm -hmm. Like the people that are selling the stuff, mm -hmm. you know, no, you're not going to dump trash in front, you know, you're not going to bring trash around and dump it in the back, even though it's a dumpster, but it's private property. You know, just the street cleaners don't come around. Um, we go out and we try to sweep the sidewalks, you know, in the gutter and stuff, clean up behind our stuff because we don't want the roses in the block. I'm more like a block watchman. I don't, um, I have a, my neighbor, she is the community of the neighborhood, and she has two sisters in the block. She's on one side and two sisters on the other block, on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then with my husband, Jay's father, he has a sister that lives down the street from him. I have another neighbor. She had When Phyllis talked about how they have all of this family and the families on this block and this neighborhood and close by, I, I felt so much relief. I was like, Phew. Thank goodness. Thank God. That's right, what is pain? What is pain? Write about that for a few minutes. Jayshon, would you read what you just wrote about pain and let me hear it in your voice. Pain is the tears that we shed. Something that people laugh at. Something that nobody can see. A disease that can't be cured. Where your heart breaks, when you feel like giving up, standing in the light but feeling like you're in the dark. Okay, pain is when you lose someone, someone go to heaven, get their wings. I just have that feeling now. That's what I'm in a lot of pain. I don't have much to say. That's it. <laughs> I can't do no more. <laughs> Miss Phyllis, are you saying that you have you have lost somebody recently? Yes, uh, my brother. We was like twins, day and night. <laughs> what happened to him? Um, he had prostate cancer. What was his name? Melvin Holmes. Melvin. He was my oldest brother. We would be about. We would be the same age. Within twenty days, he would leave me. Like my birthday, the 21st of August, his birthday, the uh, 26th of September. I would always tell him, we the same age now. I can beat you up now. <laughs> you come in my house and I can point at different things where he put my doors up in my, you know, front doors. Yeah, I kept saying something wasn't right because I kept telling him I don't have no money. And he wanted to come in and do paint in my front room and put hardware floors down in the house. And he just kept on doing different things in my house. And I kept telling him, I don't have to say something up, something up. And that's when he told me that, you know, they had gave him so many months. Yeah, I thought when you lose your mother, I thought that was hard. But when I lost my brother, that's even harder because I lost my mother back in 85. And... That was another story to be told because she told me if she go to sleep that she wasn't going to wake up. And I said, go ahead and I'll be down tomorrow. And time we got back home, she was gone. 
But just recently, I lost my brother. And I think I hurt more from losing my brother than I did my mother because me and my brother was so close. He was a big part of everybody's life. Okay. Everybody loved him. And and um, I had went on and told, went to the hospital and told him to go ahead. And he went on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that I just can't get over. That's why they don't want to bring the baby down because I have so much pain missing him. It's just so much pain. I felt really fortunate that Phyllis went there with me when she talked about her brother Melvin. I could have talked with her, or or rather, I could have listened to her talk about Melvin forever. Because I know grief. I know grief, too. You know, I write about grief. I've dedicated a lot of my poetry to grief and helping me to pull through my own grief and helping other people to see their own grief and not be ashamed of it and share it and build community, you know, our own little grief family. So when she went there with her brother, with her beautiful brother, you know, there was a part of me like, yay, you know, yes, you know, here's, here's where I live, girl, come on. You got some, you got some soda because I can, I can go there with you. You know, I know what it's like. I'm looking at Jay Sean over there, you know, and I'm wondering, like, when you hear mama talking about Uncle Melvin, what do you feel when you hear her talking about him? I don't really know. I just sit there and listen and I just know, like, what she feel like and what she go through. And tell me to go there. And tell me to do what? I don't tell you to go nowhere. With your father? I don't tell you to go. And the casino? You want to go. I don't tell you to go. Well, anyway, his me and his father, we, um, his father, we like to go down to the casino. I like to go down there just to walk around and look at the people and laugh and be happy. And even my husband, he his father be saying, you're not getting no money, so I don't know why you be so happy for somebody else. I said, just the feeling of seeing someone else being happy. And not just sitting around the house being sad. So that's something, isn't it? Yeah, like you would think the stuff that we talk about that brings people comfort, but that's not always what it is. You know, sometimes it's going to the casino. Right. I just Mm -hmm. got me a brand new, he had left me a couple of dollars. I got Mm -hmm. me a brand new living room set. Wow. Everything that he, most of the things, everything in here that belongs to him mostly. So we were just that close. How long ago was it? July the 15th. July the 15th, we had the funeral on the 20th. Miss Phyllis, you need to go to the casino as much as you want to. I didn't know it was that recent. And I was very curious about Jay Sean's reaction to her grief. You know, sometimes with my boys... I know they're like, oh, here we go again. You know, mama's about to cry, you know. But I saw a real tenderness between them. I saw the way he looked at her. How he acknowledged, you know, yeah, she's missing her brother. And it's okay. Mama's okay with me. It's also interesting 
when she talked about one of the ways that she handles her grief, she goes to the casino and you got to know something. When you get off of 95 and you are plopped down into Baltimore, the first thing you see is a huge casino that they built like a couple of years ago. You can't miss it. Right. And so when she said that that's where she goes, I was thinking, well, that's interesting. That's not where I would go. But you do, as a griever, you do have to find your place. You have to find your nook. You have to find your corner of the world that you can retreat to when you want to run into the middle of the street and beg all of the cars to hit you. I was so glad she found her place. And I, I, I guess... I guess I found mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poetry is my casino. Poetry is my jackpot. I have this big picture. I would have to get it and show it to you. Look at there. That's, that's Melvin right there. How beautiful is that? And that's my brother Curtis. And I got so many pictures, but um, I'm going to leave it alone, guys. Who is the beautiful woman? That's me. I was into modern. Oh, look at her. What? Wait, hold it back up again. Look at there. I was into modern at the time. Uh-huh. I was at Barbara's on modern. Yeah, I was into modern. They want short hair, long hair. I had it all. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> You know, that's all the hairstyles in the black community, right there in the one picture. (laughs) When she wanted me to see all the family pictures, I know what that's like, too. You know, you're trying to show somebody like, wait, wait, look, look, let me show you this. Look, look, see, this is when we went to Six Flags. And this is when, like she said, this is when I used to be a model, you know, and and this is at the, the graduation. You just got to tell somebody. You just got to show somebody that you have lost somebody that you loved a whole lot and is killing you. And the more you can talk about it, the more alive you can make them and the more alive you can feel. I was so with Phyllis on that. I hope that she, I hope she knows that she's safe with me. I would love to hear you all talk about Hope. Like when you think about hope, what do you think of? What do you hope for? Jayshawn, what do you hope for? Um, well, I hope to get into all my like dream schools, like my dream high school. I want to go to um city college for high school. And um I hope to become an entrepreneur because that's like my dream profession that I've been talking about for like years now. Mm-hmm. And um, like, and I just hope, just you know, be something great. Miss Phyllis, we'll end with Miss Phyllis. So, what do you hope for? What do you want? Well, my biggest hope that I um all my life since my mother passed away at the age of forty-eight, mm. uh, my biggest hope that I would you know live longer than her. I made it to 63, so that's the biggest hope that I made. And, you know, my hope came true. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more year. Next, 
December next year. I'll be finished paying for my hope, my house. So yes, another big hope, and um, just I hope to live to see my grandchildren. So my hopes have came true, and I'm blessed. That's all I can say. But I put my gospel music on on Sunday, yes. and I just go on. I feel so joyful. I just feel so peaceful, relaxful, happiness. You know. So sometimes I get emotional. I told my grandchildren, if they don't know nothing else about the Bible, they're going to need to know the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I should not want. I told them, if they don't know nothing else, they should know that. Our Father, whichever in heaven, yes, you know, little simple things like that out the Bible, you need you to be you need thankful it. for that time. You are so I felt lucky as I listened to them because I realized that what we had created together, the three of us, was like a carpet, like a rich blue carpet. And we laid it out there and they were willing to trust that they could walk across this carpet that we had laid out and, and it wouldn't shred under their feet. It wouldn't give way that it was just there for them. So soft and and so safe and and so warm. So when I when I look back and, and I listen to my time with Phyllis and Jay Sean, I just keep thinking, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me go home. I didn't expect that. I had no idea that my time with Phyllis and Jay Sean was going to take me down to Georgia. You know, I, I had four parents. Now I don't have any. And so I get lonely a whole lot. But it was good because when I was with them, I didn't feel lonely. I felt like I was uh, I was in Southwest Atlanta, and it was nineteen eighty. Let's call it nineteen eighty. And I'm at the family cookout, and we're in this little park, and it's not much there except for a big old grill and a whole like a pavilion with some picnic tables and. There's Aunt Myra's potato salad. And my mom was there. And she, you know, she never grilled anything, but she fried chicken, man. She fried chicken. So her chicken's there and it's wrapped in foil. And Cousin Michelle, you know, she's made her famous cherry Kool-Aid. And, you know, everybody's there. Uncle Claude is there. He's got his black socks rolled down beneath his knee. And we're all there. You know, the temptations are playing. And I'm home. I don't have to feel alone anymore. Because my whole family's there. And that's how I felt with Phyllis and Jay Sean. 
like I was safe and like I was home. I just want to thank them for that. Yeah. Until when you have lost, you know, someone that you love deeply, the tears are always, you know, right there, right next door. Hi, I'm Darlene Clark, Youth Engagement Coordinator for SLIC, St. Luke's Youth Center, building our youth, our families, and our community. You believe in what we're doing, and this is our community. So why not become a supporter? With your donations and faith, we can stand strong. We're grateful for your gift of love. Thank you. For more information on how you can support building community arts and entrepreneurship in West Baltimore, visit our website at wordsfromwithin.net. Words From Within was conceived by Gail Danley and Amanda Talbot and hosted by Gail Danley. Senior producer is Walker Vreeland. Social media marketing by Miranda Wilson. Project liaison is Darlene Clark. This episode featured guest poet Gail Danley with Phyllis Holmes and Jay Sean Marable. Music in this episode by Blue Dot Sessions, Pottington Bear, Johannes Bornloff, and Callie Day with her song Almighty from her album Hear My Prayer. For more information and to make a donation, go to wordsfromwithin.net. <laughs>